Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Alex Lasnik has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Alex. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, March 11th, 2019. Tom Merritt is out traveling today, but from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Also from Los Angeles, I'm Lamar Wilson. And uh, I'm Roger, the show's producer, who will just turn on his camera right there. And you can see my face, but if you're listening to the audio, you don't know what's going on. You have no idea who this is. Lamar, you added me. I didn't say I was from Los Angeles. Oh, oh, Now everybody knows. Everybody knows. Oh, no. (laughs) That's all right. It's a big city. (laughs) You'll never find me. All right. Let's, uh, we've got, we've got quite a, quite a few things to talk about, including facial recognition at airports and how we should all panic or maybe why we should not panic. But first, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook sued two Ukrainian men for allegedly scraping user data through quiz apps such as character and popularity tests. We've all seen them that also injected ads into their news feeds potentially for years. Around 63,000 Facebook users browsers, mostly from Russia and the Ukraine, are said to have been affected. Titles high-res MQA music tracks are now available to listeners in Titles iOS app. The feature came to Android phones back in January and first became available to Tidal's desktop listeners last year. High-res audio is defined as anything with a higher bit rate or sampling frequency than a 16-bit 44.1 kilohertz, I hope this is the right, standard used by CDs. Estonia. In the modern world, Estonia's recent parliamentary elections saw 44% of total votes were made online. The 247,232 votes made by Estonia's iVoting system marks a record for the percentage of the electorate and total numbers of votes cast. Online voting in the country launched in 2005 and is open from the 10th to the 4th days before an election. As of Wednesday, March 13th, it will be illegal to fly a drone within three miles of an airport in the UK. Currently, the UK imposes a 0.6 mile limit. The rule changes were first announced last month after drone activities shut down Gatwick Airport for more than 24 hours. In November, anyone flying a drone over 250 grams or 8.8 ounces 
will need to take an online safety test beforehand and register with the country's aviation authority. Amen to this. Yeah, that Gatwick Airport shutdown happened right around Christmas. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, lots I of people too. were stranded. Bad news around the holidays. All right, let's talk a little bit more about NVIDIA and where it wants to go next, Lamar. Yeah, so NVIDIA agreed to acquire the networking chip and component maker Mellanox for $6.9 billion. Now, Ooh. NVIDIA's offer is a 14% premium on the current stock price at $125 per share. The move would further bolster NVIDIA's data center division, which has already tripled sales in the past two years and currently makes up a third of total company revenue. Reuters reports that NVIDIA outbid Intel in negotiations for Melanex. Uh, Melanox, excuse me. The acquisition must now be approved by regulators before being finalized. You know, Roger, you and I were talking about this before the show and the fact that NVIDIA needs to expand into other places. It's certainly a, you know, it's a, it, it's a leader in its space, but it's faced increasing competition from, from other companies, Intel being one of them and, and, and data centers is, is, is one of those places that it can expand into. I mean, it's it's definitely a situation where I think um, NVIDIA has kind of uh, moved to a place where it's kind of just saturated the market that it's been in, which was GPUs for the longest time. And they've tried to branch out into automotive uh, with, uh, with their ARM-based uh, offerings. And I think they want to move out into another place where ARM processors may, uh, can make a difference, and that's data centers, right? You see it with Qualcomm. You see it with a lot of other manufacturers. Even AMD has been dabbling with uh, ARM architecture. And it, and it makes sense because, you know, Intel is developing in-house another in-house GPU program, maybe more successful than there be uh, this time around. Uh, AMD already has ATI. So, I mean, it's going to be the only manuf- – it would be the only company out there that's very single-tracked if they stay with GPU and they need to branch out into other markets. Yeah. So not only do you see this, you know, consolidation, as, as you were saying, you know, uh, with, with the, the companies, but you're also getting a shrinking com- uh, customer list. You're getting more and more companies are making their own chips or, you know, or, you know, or, you know, just outright not using NVIDIA. So, so prices are going up for them. So, you know, this kind of consolidation makes sense. You know, they're already huge in gaming, Jumping into AI and data centers is the next logical thing. And is a lot of this is just kind of backing up. Us as consumers won't really notice or care about the difference of this. So, you know, I, I probably expect it to go through the regulatory approval pretty fast. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it remains to be seen if uh, it ends up being as successful for them as they have been with GPUs, because GPUs have traditionally been something that NVIDIA's excel at. And, you know, it, it, the other markets they're going into are a lot more crowded than the GPU one is. Yeah. It's interesting though, that the data center division has done well and currently makes up a third of NVIDIA's total company revenue. I, that was actually a surprise to me. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that, that it was such a big part of NVIDIA's business already. Me neither. Yeah. And I think it uh, also, uh, also kind of illustrates how mature the GPU market and when I mean the GPU market, I mean specifically the consumer GPU market. There's always going to be a market for for NVIDIA, uh, like Quadro and AMD uh, ATI fi- uh, Fire line cards, which are more, excuse me, more uh, institutional industrial uh, CAD CAM uh, d- developer usage. 
um, that they've kind of maxed out that point and they really just need to like, hey, we got other markets we that we need to start looking into to expand our uh, uh, financial base. Unless cryptocurrency gets hot again and then it's GPUs for days. <laughs> Uh-oh, my, my, my light went out. Sorry about that. Look at that chance fix. <laughs> there's a ghost in the machine, Lamar. <laughs> there's There's a ghost. All right. The European Union's competition commissioner, Marguerite Vestager, responded to Elizabeth Warren's proposals from last week. And and by the way, we had a great discussion about it on Friday's show. If you missed it, uh, we, we Tom and uh, uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young and, and, and Roger and I had a great conversation about it. So if you missed that show, go ahead and, and listen to it. Uh, a lot of good information. Anyway, that was last week's news. It was big, big news on Friday. Elizabeth Warren wants to break up big tech companies. That's a very simplistic way to explain all of her ideas. Speaking to Recode's Kara Swisher at South by Southwest over the weekend, Marguerite Vestager said, and I'll just quote her directly, to break up a company, to break up private property would be very far reaching. And you would need to have a very strong case that it would produce better results for consumers in the marketplace than what you could do with more mainstream tools. We're dealing with private property, businesses that are built and invested in and become successful because of their innovation. As for those more mainstream alternatives, Vestager pointed to an agreement last month that was struck between European political institutions on regulating online platform transparency as a fairness-focused intervention that countries uh, that that counters rather market imbalance. Lamar, yeah. I mean, without getting too political, uh, did, did you follow Warren's proposals? Did anything strike you as? A little out, out to lunch or right on the money or somewhere in between. Yeah, so I, w- I watched you all on Friday, and I'm, I'm glad you had Justin on kind of do that political uh, yeah, part for you, for, for you all. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Um, so so it's expected. And, and what I mean is, like, it, it's a it's an easy target to say, you know, Google bad, break up good. And, and you know, you know, very, very Hulk style. And and, and so I, I, I'm not surprised at that. I. I'm surprised that the that you know the European Union is is kind of taking a a hey we don't know we should do this because remember you know we, what happened with Microsoft back in the day and and even now they have a big case against Google of course that is more antitrust uh, but mm-hmm. but they are they've been known to be very a uh, little bit more hardline on on U.S. companies and and these big companies of having too much power so uh, I, I I mean it's interesting to see see her take a more measured stance and uh you know i i guess i have a i have a few base opinions on it i i don't necessarily see you know the problem with big you know big companies are being balanced and offering good services i'm, I'm not you know I, i'm not saying there, you know, there should be one monopoly i don't think that can ever happen again i think what microsoft was building can probably never be replicated i i, I think having three or four good companies doing it is is about as balanced as probably going to be I think part of it is that there's a tacit understanding, at least at the EU, that they still rely on these companies, whether it's Google, Facebook, Apple, as big and and you know the being the 800 pound gorillas in their respective markets. I mean, it, yeah. it, they always will bring a lot of uh, regulatory uh, um, attention upon themselves. But you know, it is a delicate balance. And I think you know what what Marguerite is is stating is that yeah, we want to regulate you, but doesn't mean we want to to eliminate you. And I think it's very important because it says to them like we want to do business, 
But we want to do business in in in, uh, in our on our terms rather than well, Elizabeth you know. Warren isn't talking elimination either though. Well, no, well, no, she, she, well, she's not, but she's talking about breaking up, which right. is which you know if we all rem- if you're old enough to remember, Ma Bell, AT and T was the only phone company in the U.S. for the right. longest time, uh, and when that broke up, that was huge. I mean, that shattered what a 50, 60, 70 year monopoly on a telecommunications market. Uh, I mean, we're not doing dealing with that on that scale, but right. you know, it's very easy for a lot of that rhetoric to amp up a lot of inf- and inflame a lot of passions about like, we got to take these giant companies down. They drive up the cost of real estate. They, 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 mm-hmm. you know, they know all our information. They control us. They can track us. You know, there's a lot of fear and there's also a lot of emotional, uh, um, you know, investiture that people have put in these things. And so, well, and, and there are also different laws based on yeah. what countries we're talking about. And, 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 and some of these companies that are in question here that are huge do comply with various regional regulations as well. So it's complicated. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, the U.S. government says it will downgrade intelligence sharing with Germany if Huawei wins a contract to build out the country's 5G inter- infrastructure, according to a letter from U.S. Ambassador to Germany, uh, Richard Grinnell, to Germany's economics minister, Peter Altmaier. Germany has not found conclusive evidence that the Huawei technology is used for spying by the Chinese government, although they concede the company could be compelled to do so uh, in the future. I love this. We're going to increase intelligence sharing because of the threat of intelligence sharing that (laughs) we think might be not kosher. Yeah. So the the whole take on this is essentially um, we supply information to these uh, foreign governments in return of them providing, you know, intelligence to us about uh, movement of people, movement of political governments. For example, Germany is closer to Eastern Europe than the U.S. and they might have a better feel about what's going on with the governments mm-hmm. and policies and stuff like that. Um, the idea behind this, of course, is to put pressure on Huawei, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, what. Whether you agree with it or not, it, it is part of a larger uh, plan to kind of put a pressure on Huawei because it is, at least in, in the current administration's view, a proxy for the Chinese government, right? So it, it, there's very much a geopolitical element to it that goes beyond just plain technology business, but rather uh, an intertwining of business as diplomacy. And mm-hmm. so, it, you know, what they're saying to the EU is like, well, we can't really give you or Germany, I should say, we really can't give you all this, you know, upper tier information, because if you use Huawei's 5G network, we can't be sure that that information will not be eavesdropped on. Yeah, I, I, this is a complex issue. And, and I'll be, be real short. This just, you know, with, with this current conflict we're having with China, with the, you know, the trade talks and, 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 and now, you know, this intelligence sharing, I, I, I'm not sure where this, where this goes. It, this, it seems to stifle innovation, but I understand the security concerns, but I mean, it almost the, feels a little. The um, Huawei story right. is a very complicated, you know, very, very international in some especially cases, in very comp- especially yeah. in tech and convoluted, yeah. but tech, as we all know, is big business. And business is on the mind of everyone involved, and so I mean, it's it's one of the, the problem is there is no plan, there is no there is no this is where we want to be, you know, in ten years time. This is where we think we want to be uh, in terms of political relations, but how we get there is totally up in the air at this point. 
I agree. Let's talk about Tesla, shall we? Hey. In a blog post, Tesla announced it will keep more retail stores open, kind of walking back the news from last week than it had previously been stated by CEO Elon Musk. The company stated it has already closed 10% of retail locations with another 20% under review. As a result of keeping more locations open, average vehicle pricing will increase 3%, but will not impact the new $35,000 base Model 3. So I had a, a question, uh, and maybe some in the audience may be thinking the same thing. Did, did Tesla, Tesla was obviously initially pushing online, online, online. They still do. Were, did they make retail to comply with local laws that you have to have a retail location to sell cars? Because I know, I know that was a conflict with with, uh, with some states, maybe cities that they were trying to keep them out. So because it, it, I, I was wondering where this. Um, we're going to take the stores away, and now we're going to leave them come from. Well, I, I, yeah. I didn't think they had that many, uh, op- you know, stores to begin with. I only see a couple here in LA. Yeah, like some states require you have a dealership network okay. in that state in order to actually sell a car. Like you can't, you would not be able to sell a car the way you would sell a lamp on Amazon. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I, I know. In Tesla's case, and, and yeah, it, it depends on the region, of course. But in many cases, it was just a showroom. You know, come see this car. When you do, you're going to fall in love with it even more. And there was a retail location I visited uh, in LA, down kind of down by the airport, actually, in mm. the um, El Segundo area, where they've got they've got a they've got a whole 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 big operation going on down there. And yeah, I mean, it was it was not. Totally like a normal dealership, but it was designed to sit in the car, look at this cool, you know, that sort of iPad uh, dash situation <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, make it harder to deny yourself this this wonderful car. Because, of course, you know, it's like buying anything online, you, you know, if you can see it and touch it and, 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 and you've got like tactile touch to it, you are more likely to get it. Yeah, so so maybe that's part of the outrage of them saying they were going to close more. People want to, you know, they want to be able to see and touch. And, and some of it is just like, you know, why are you closing? Are you losing money? Are you not making enough right. money? I mean, there's a lot of Tesla occupies that space where it is both a unicorn and the ultimate, you know, bullseye. Like everyone wants to throw mm-hmm. something at Tesla because, you know, whether whether or not you like their cars, whether or not you like Elon, I mean, you're just a high profile target. And so whatever you do, as any celebrity can tell you, will be met with a lot of suspicion. And, you know, a lot of people doing uh, like, you know, are you not making your bottom line? Are you, do you need to lower the price of these cars because you're not selling enough? You know, are you have you know? There, there's a lot of a lot of those kinds of questions, but it could be like you know, we don't need to blow money on these things that don't necessarily add to the bottom line. When we could use those resources to either you know increase production or you know lay out cash somewhere else. Although, and and I know it doesn't apply to the Model Three, which I'm also not getting, but uh, I I know enough folks folks who have Teslas that. I'm familiar with them. They're lovely cars. They're out of my price range, but I don't need to go to a retail location. So the fact that vehicle pricing will increase 3%, if I was in the market, I would say, uh, that sucks because I don't actually need to go to a retail location. I already know I want the car and now it's a little bit more expensive. Absolutely. I'm not going to buy it either. <laughs> I mean, I'd love one. I would. I feel like you need a, you need a house. I, I have, I'm, that's the only thing I'm against electric cars. You like, you need a, a house to be able to fully take advantage of it. So you can charge it daily. I don't, I don't know. Unless you're oh, in yeah. a really good area that has chargers everywhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. It's out of my price yeah. range and I also don't know where I'd plug it in. I don't. Yeah. Know that, that's literally my problem. <laughs> that's not happening. 
All right, everybody, to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, everybody, let's talk about privacy at the airport, shall oh, this we? It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right. I'll kind of set this up and, and Lamar, jump in at any time if you sure. want to. There's a lot of information here. The Electronic Privacy Information Center published a, a, a long document, 346 pages, outlining how U.S. Customs and Border Protection is implementing biometric entry exit systems using facial recognition at major airports in the U.S. Now, BuzzFeed News which obtained this document notes that there was no period for public comment on the system before implementation began. So that's ah. the people go, Oh no, oh, this is all happening behind the public's back. Right. Foreign right. travelers can have their images stored for up to 14 days. It's not totally clear how cooperating airlines and third parties can use this data, this facial recognition data going forward, because, of course, these are leaked documents. Now, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we'll call them CBP, is operating under an executive order that was signed by President Trump in 2017 to expedite biometric verification of all U.S. international travelers in the top 20 airports by 2021. But... Important right. to note, approval for this system was initially signed into law during the Obama administration. So this has been going on for a while. Document states that 17 airports currently have system trials in place with the goal of initial operating capability of scanning 30 international flights per day by the end of 2019, which is that's right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead. Well, okay. So the systems, the way that they work is matching up a passport photo of an international traveler. So, you know, there's my passport photo that's in the system with real time images captured at airport. So I'm walking through the airport. A camera sees me said, yep, that's Erlene. We know who she is. Looks, it looks, hopefully, hopefully they match me correctly. (laughs) That that's who I am. An audit in late uh, 2017 found that there was about an 85% successful match rate, which is Sure, that sounds pretty good, right? 85%, okay, Mm -hmm. you're close to 100 than zero, but you're certainly not 100%. You're going to get some false positives there, Um, or you're going to miss some folks as well. Lamar, as as somebody who I I know you do a fair amount of traveling, and and, we can can go back and forth between, you know, you want to catch the bad guys at airports, so there's... This all seems like okay. We, they're not doing it for no reason. They're doing it for a very specific reason. But uh, where does where does privacy end uh, and and kind of the scary stuff begin? This is and and, and forgive me, audience, if, if I sound very simplistic with this, but like I kind of already thought this kind of thing was happening already. You, you, you know, like like we we have, we have cameras everywhere uh, that is already already tracking, especially in, in airports. Um, if anything, I would think this kind of system would be helpful to maybe expedite a foreign traveler. Okay, we see them walking down. Yep, that's them. We, you know, the, the matching that will take them less time to get through security. Um, I'm not seeing the outcry and negative here unless we start talking about what these airlines are going to do with the with the data. They said they hold it for 14 days, but what happens? At, I'm sorry for the life. Uh, what, what what happens after that? Does it you know, are they using it for marketing purposes or, uh, you know, are, are they, you know, trying to figure out how much you travel and sit like, I'm not, I'm not sure where, where the negative is here. Um, well, I think I, I, yeah, the negative I'm, I'm I, with that. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the obvious negative is if the AI systems don't work well enough, then you're going to have a lot of people inconvenienced at best. Sure, the fifteen percent, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Obviously. and then I think that I think there's also you know there's certainly a, a large portion of people who are like well what airports and why don't we know about it and is it my airport the one that I go to often and where's the cameras and and there's that there's that whole this has been going on for some time this uh, this is not necessarily a secret but something that has been it is farther along I think than than a lot of folks assumed and that always tends to upset people. Yeah, I just I just think I, I look from from my point of view, you know, just you, you, you know, we've been around as, as adults since, uh, you know, 2001. Uh, mm-hmm. What we you know when when those uh, attacks, so we have, you know, full awareness for we our kids when that. So we, we 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 and I just assumed from then on it was just, you know, we see it in the movies, you know, where, where it's just that biometric, you know, they, they right. scanning or or the finger. Like, I just assumed that was coming and it, it would just be a thing. I, I'm surprised it's it's just now here. Um I, I know I, I get I get people's angst about more data of them being stored, but is you know if you walk through an airport, you seen it. I mean, I, I I look where you know I'm not not trying to look like I'm you know they, they probably will stop me if I'm looking at too many cameras, but like I know where they are, um, <laughs> and I'm I, I just like I just accepted that that's I, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna fly, that's just how it is. I think I think a lot of it also has to do with just general profiling right like uh, how do you uh, is this just at you know if you developed in a totally agnostic totally ambivalent system to a person's appearance and then you slowly develop it to target certain uh certain individuals for example a lone male who wears a certain type of clothing perhaps facial hair you know headdress or anything Mm -hmm. that stuff tends to lead over time to uh, uh, an unfairly biased uh, mm-hmm. way of identifying people, especially in a security setting, which tends to disadvantage minorities uh, at a greater rate than the general population. I and mean, I think, are, are we talking about like just uh, when I'm thinking of but, biometric, I'm like literally thinking of, you know, you see those movies, yeah. the eye points and the and oh, yeah, no, 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 faces. Yeah. I, I'm not even thinking about dress. But, that, but that. that's but that's the worry, right? It's not just mm-hmm. all this stuff doesn't exist in a vacuum. Biometrics is fine, right? It's the implementation yeah that mm-hmm. people will have issues with. And I think, you know, you know, at least based on, on American, you know, uh, security history, there have been a lot of false positives where people are misidentified oh, because sure. they, they happen to appear as something that they were not um, based solely at the discretion of whoever's operating it. Now you can use uh, machine learning, but as we've discussed and Tom has mentioned in previous episodes, machine learning is often biased by the people that develop it. Right. And that's why you would want a very diverse, a very broad set of people helping develop it because you can then kind of kick out those subconscious biases that people tend to put into a system. I think those are good points. I, I just like, uh, what, and I don't, we don't, I don't know if we can answer this now. Like, what's the alternative? Yeah, and I think you answered yeah. it partially by just saying just a more diverse uh, amount of people, making sure that it's a balanced system uh, and that'll reduce some of that. I, I think that's a really good first step. Got some breaking news, everybody. Apple announced it will hold an event on March 25th with an invitation showing a countdown and the words, it's showtime. 
Ooh, it I mean, Showtime. It's going to be a yeah. <laughs> right? That was actually what I thought. I'm like, that's very specific to the Showtime network. Apple is expected yeah. to announce the TV and Apple News subscription services. We've talked about this in the past. The Verge also noted that Apple first used that tagline at Showtime for a September 2006 event, where it announced that it would start offering movies on iTunes. Wow. Interessante. I did not remember that. Yeah. No, I wasn't even born then. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm. <laughs> I was very, very young as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm excited because I, I knew their TV thing was coming, and you know, I, I've been bouncing around TV networks, uh, YouTube TV, and I'm now using uh, Hulu. Um, I'm excited to see what they're offering. Uh, I like Hulu so much. I doubt I'm gonna jump off of it, but but I, I want. I want to see what they got going. I already heard that you all probably talked about the Apple News controversy mm-hmm. with the the fifty percent, whatever crazy amount there they're uh, taking from from the publishers. So I'm surprised they got that ready to go. I'm excited for the event because I'm excited to stop speculating about what the event will be about. Because <laughs> we've been doing oh, that for, be- it seems like a solid year yeah. now. Maybe more. That's, that's Apple. That's Apple news for you. It is. All right. March 25th, everybody. That'll be a fun day on the show. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Also a fun place to hang out. Submit stories and vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You help us make our show every day, so we thank you. It's so nice for you to participate. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow is where to hang out with us there. All right, let's move over to Chris Christensen, a.k.a. the Amateur Traveler, who has a story on why it sometimes pays to read the EULA. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. It's been talked on DTNS many times about how people don't read those user agreements online. Apparently, Donalyn Andrews, who is a Georgia high school economics teacher, does. And by doing so, she read the details of the policy she had bought, the travel insurance policy at squaremouth.com, and found an embedded contest where she won $10,000. Squaremouth said they were expecting that contest to go on for as long as a year. We're surprised that someone discovered it within 23 hours. So apparently some people do read the fine print. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. If I thought well, I would win things, I would read, I'd read them a lot more carefully, too. Oh, well, yeah. Well, see, that now it's not going to work because everybody's going to read it now. Well, maybe it did work. Yeah. Isn't that funny? The companies. Are- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. 
Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. We thought it would take so much longer. We didn't think anybody was going to read this. They, they probably didn't have that money saved up either. They in trouble. They better, they better, <laughs> yeah. better pay that. <laughs> Yeah, blew up in your face, didn't it? Now she, uh-huh. now she, you got a customer who won a contest. All right, real quickly, let's check the mailbag. AOJ had some thoughts on our story from last Friday about Philadelphia requiring almost all merchants to accept cash. Oh, yeah. And then he had some potential workarounds, such as if these cashless stores want to keep being cashless despite the new law, I would think they could just use a membership model. People thought. People through their web portal become a member of their club. Then the club's terms of service to it could indicate the club members' acceptance for having their credit cards on file or acceptance of only credit cards for club debts. The store then gets their club member to use the web portal on their phone or to pay, make the payment, which in turn gets reported to the store. That sounds complicated, but I get where you're going with this. I understand yeah. it, but from, from someone who's worked exactly two years in retail, I think you would see a huge dip. Not, not, not like half, but you know, 15, 15% dip if you were forcing people just to go into a membership model. Yeah. But, I, but I, membership I, models are consistent money. So, like, you know, like they're only, consistent only money, but pay. it's also, yeah. you know, they're, it's, it's, it's easy for someone to be like, eh, I don't want to do that. I'll just go. Only, only if that membership money. typically involves some fee. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even if it's like fifteen dollars a year, you know, people yeah. say, well, I spent money on this. So I should probably buy some from that store. That's, true. Well, every, that's what, that's what ever, Amazon Prime does for me. Yeah. Have you ever used a cashless place? I, I think Tinder Greens is a I think it's the only place I've used here that was like cashless, which I thought was, which, which is cool. I don't carry cash anyway, but. You know, I've I've been to Tender Greens and I didn't notice that, but I don't really carry cash either. So yeah, yeah it's 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 very. In fact, was, the I only places them. that I notice is places that are cash only, and those are the places where I'm like, oh man, I gotta use your yeah. ATM, and it's like I'm, five dollars. I love that. Yes. I'm old guy from 20th century. I always carry cash. Always. Well, fine. Well, um, Roger, Roger, you're the better you, person. In you the are better. better. I'm just older. Just smarter. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, thanks to Lamar Wilson, hey. Ban Cash, my brother in arms. Uh, Lamar, <laughs> it's, it's good good to have you here on this fine Monday. Tell folks where so they can keep up with your work. Yeah, so uh, I'm primarily on YouTube. Uh, I do mystery unboxings of uh, every genre. We got a couple coming up this week. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, an Amazon returns box. I always love those. Or I spend you spend 150 bucks and they say you get fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff and it never is usually like that. So check me out on YouTube. Uh, I'm also being very bullish on uh, Instagram uh, right now. They, Instagram is a really good uh, portal. I'm putting a lot of video content there too. So uh, at Lamar Wilson on Instagram, if you want to see what I'm doing every day, it is very entertaining. I'll, I'll I gotta hand it to you, Lamar. <laughs> oh, I forget you. Yeah, you I, are on there. <laughs> I, yeah, yes, I'm also on Instagram, and we're friends. So yes, I see your yes, content. Yes. Our goal each month, you know what our goal is. It's a simple goal. It's a proud goal, just to get one more patron than last month. You could be that person who puts us over the top. 
maybe bring a friend in. Become a DTNS member and get an ad-free RSS feed. You get special episodes. You get special goodies, uh, special episodes looking back on the news of the past all sorts of good stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash DTNS. You want to buy a mug, maybe a t-shirt, maybe a beanie. T- DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store is where you can check out all of our merch. There's some really good stuff there. Also, our email address, just to remind you, is feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. We're live Monday through Friday. If you want to join us live, we'd love to have you. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 22.30 UTC. I think it's 20. 20- 2030 UTC, actually. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Tom Merritt is back tomorrow. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.